Welcome to the Joyfulness Broadcast. So one of the most fundamental uh, things that we can be grateful for is the fact that we exist. And just really being with that and really just realizing that, oh my God, I exist. You know, that is a very big realization. Often, we're so busy, our attention, I want to be really precise with this, so the attention, our attention, just is going everywhere, it's going in every thought, every direction, in the future, in the past, and it's just moving around, agitating, oscillating so much that it never really gets a chance to just settle with where we, what is, with just what is. If our attention, just for even a moment, were to just settle, it would start to illuminate this incredible gift that we have, that we have been given. It's a gift because it's beyond the intellect, it's beyond willpower, it's beyond any personal effort that we exist, that you exist in this moment, that you are able to hear this. I mean, no matter what's going on in your life today, no matter what's happening, whatever it is, if we peel back the layers and move back, 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 into ourselves and put our attention on that on what we are instead of on what we are aware of if we just continuously put return return the attention and turn our gaze inward we would really quickly maybe not quickly but we would eventually start to see that well, first of all, <laughs> first of all, we'd start to see, I really don't know what's going on here. At least in my case, you know, I really don't know what's going on. I have no idea what this is. And although that sounds scary, it could sound scary to, to hear that. Also realize that in realizing that we don't really know anything. And I really mean that we really don't know anything that we don't know what's going on here though initially there may be fear as that fear settles we stop taking everything so seriously stop taking the thoughts so seriously we stop taking the situations or our perceptions of situations more accurately so seriously and we're able to laugh a lot easier a lot more because we realize that we don't really know what's going on here. And we start to see the humor of everything instead of taking everything so seriously. And that comes naturally. It's not something that we have to force or have to do. That awareness, that relaxed awareness, is really natural. And it comes when we when our attention 
settles and stops oscillating so much between the past and the future, which are just concepts we've made up in our own mind. <laughs> anyway, which actually brings up another thing about, well, how do we return this attention to the source of itself? And to me, that has to do with understanding. When we understand, as we understand that the future exists only in our mind, only in our ideas, our imagination, and so does the past. Oh, but you might say, okay, but what do you mean the past? I lived it. But the past, every memory we have, every single memory, is just a perception. It's a perception. And there's something that Hawking says. So in this podcast, you're listening to it for the first time, talk a lot about David Hawking because he's my teacher. And there's something that Hawking says. He says, if you were enlightened, and you, you wouldn't remember the past because nothing's happening. Which to me speaks to this, this, this illusion Illusion in the sense that, that that what we see is not what, what, what it really is. It's what we see. It's what seems to be, but not what is. So just really hearing that and even considering that starts to melt away any interest in it. Because the interest in it is founded founded upon certain ideas, certain beliefs. First of all, we're interested in it because we think it's about ourselves. We think that it's what we are. We think that it's real. So if we begin to question those those ideas, those beliefs, then we can start to uproot the interest in the past, interest in the future and that will naturally start to dissolve these uh, these oscillations that the mind naturally just oscillates between the past and the future for example recently I've been noticing that the mind really (laughs) really is based upon anticipation it just anticipates. It's like I was just listening to this uh, really nice guided meditation. It's like a guided open heart meditation. Really cool. Recommend checking it out. It's really awesome. You can message me if you want it. But if you type in open heart guided meditation, it's like the 20 minute long one on YouTube. Um, with like, I think maybe 50,000 views or something. Yeah, it's that one. As I was listening to it, um, I noticed at times the mind would just anticipate because I already heard it. So I already heard the the guided meditation that was playing back. And I noticed that the mind, like it had a thrill of anticipating what was going to be said next. It was like, he's going to say this next and he, yeah, yeah. So it's like that. <laughs> um and to me, if I, I looked at that, I looked at that and I, I noticed that there was a frustration that the mind was doing this. 
I noticed that there was a frustration that the mind was anticipating. Like, ah, why is it anticipating? It shouldn't be anticipating. It should be, should be still. It shouldn't be anticipating. So I looked. I just noticed that. And for me, it just sort of opened myself as much as I could, as much as I could to seeing it in a new, a different light, to seeing that in a different, more gentle light. And what came was this, was this, uh, insight that the frustration wasn't helping at all first of all you know it was just another point of agitation and to me agitation when i say that it means a movement away from peace because any movement is is not is a, is movement and it's not the stillness which is where that peace is so this agitation wasn't helping me wasn't really changing anything so it was really didn't have any use and I saw that, I really saw that. And now I found that I was just observing that, just observing the mind's tendency to anticipate from a new light, from just this light of, of like a neutral observation, more neutral, more neutral. Before I was seeing it through frustration, like, ah, screw you, why are you doing that? But now it was more neutral. It was like, okay, there it is. And in allowing it to just be there, and just allowing it, allowing the mind to anticipate, allowing it to be, to just letting it, letting it anticipate, I noticed that that frustration dissolved. And so did the anticipation. So it's still there. Mind still anticipates, but it's a lot more settled and a lot more calm about it. So it might anticipate, but then it'll, by just neutrally observing it, it sort of really rather rapidly just fizzles out. Whereas before there was this frustration that was just energizing it further. So I don't remember why I was talking about that, but there you go. Um, <laughs> in terms of letting go in terms of returning to that relaxed the source of what we are what helps is to just notice things and to just let them be including the frustrations including the judgments so when because naturally as part of the human condition you'll probably notice that there are judgments about ourselves about others about the world about what's going on and these judgments they cloud our sight and they obscure our vision and make it difficult to just sit in stillness sit in the peace they're just oscillations. Again, those judgments are oscillations away from that, away from that point of stillness, away from that point of peace, from that inner peace. And the way to dissolve or melt away the, the, the interest in these oscillations is to first understand them, but understand them not necessarily through a book, 
but through our own observations. Because if we are to understand something, it helps to look at it. It helps to actually put our attention on it. Not in a, but not in a judgmental way. Because when we're judging something, we're not seeing it for what it is. Because the fact that there is a judgment indicates that it is not understood. If something were to be completely understood, there wouldn't be any judgments. The fact that there is a judgment indicates that there is something to understand. So we can sort of use that knowledge to just see that anytime we're judging, anytime there is a judgment, we're not actually seeing something as it is. It speaks to this other quote that's from the Course of Miracles, that which we fear we do not see. So if there is fear of something, that something which is feared is not seen for what it is. It's seen for what is feared, <laughs> which isn't what is. <laughs> so that's just a funny, just a funny one to see. As we just notice all these things, we might realize that like, like what can I do about it? Like what can I do about all this stuff? There's all this stuff going on all these oscillations, all these judgments, all this agitation, all this frustration. Man, there's like a whole storm going on inside, just an emotional storm. And the more I look at it, the more there is. <laughs> what what can I do about it? What can I what can I do about it? That is a great question. The mind always wants to do something about everything. Can't just look at things, we have to do something about them. Right. What can we do about it? Well, I mean, my own experience, what can we do other than just just, just love and accept something as it is? That might sound cliche, but that really is the key. Because that which we love does not persist. That which we hate or don't want to accept will persist. We resist it, we give it life, we become a victim of that which we resist. But that which we love... That's what we accept and love doesn't persist. So as we become aware, mindful, mindful of all the inner agitations, frustrations, and etc. We could ask ourselves whether this is something we could love. So, for example, you become aware of something. Cool. Okay. Great. Wonderful. Now, you might ask yourself, could I love this as it is, just for the sake of loving it as it is? Okay, but ask yourself, do not ask the mind. The mind will give you all sorts of gibberish back. If you really deeply just sit with that question, just could I love this, whatever it is, could I love and accept it just as it is? You'll realize that, you know, you know I could. It is a possibility. That realization is really powerful. That realization, I could love this just as it is, brings up this other realization that, oh my goodness, I'm not. I'm choosing not to love and accept this. If it's not being loved and accepted, then that's my choice. Oh, wow. But if it's my choice not to love and accept this, I am also free to love and accept it. So it's totally within my power to, to do so, to let go of my resistance of this 
and to just love and accept it as it is. That's a really empowering realization. If we return back to this gratitude for existing, if we return back, what stops us from just being overwhelmed with gratitude at this moment that we exist? What's stopping us from that? What's stopping us from that is all the obstacles, all the stuff in the way, all the ingratitude, all the ideas we have. All the unawareness, all the attention oscillating away from this, this just this present, that which is, from just that which is. And what can we do about it? What can we do to settle all these oscillations away from that which is and be overwhelmed by this gratitude of existing? Well, the greatest thing that we can do is to just love and accept whatever that seeming obstacle is. Maybe it's a judgment, maybe it's a shame, maybe it's a guilt, maybe it's a fear. Okay, cool, it's there, great, it seems to be there, that's nice, I can feel it, it's there, nice, okay. Now I could try to change it, maybe you've tried to change this stuff before and it doesn't really, doesn't really help very much, does it? Um, Okay, I've tried that, it's not really working out, well... Okay, I've heard these things. Maybe I've heard it from Nick. Maybe I've heard it from someone else. Whatever. Maybe it just dawned on me that I can, you know, it is an option for me to love and accept this as it is. No matter how... Love and accept shame? What? Love and accept fear? Love and accept terror? No way. Why would I do such a thing? Well, you don't have to. No one's forcing you to do anything. But if you want to, you can. You can love and accept whatever's in front of you and just see what happens. When the willingness is there, then automatically there will just arise this acceptance and love. Because acceptance is one thing, but a love is even deeper. Love is founded upon acceptance, but love goes deeper than just acceptance so when we okay let's say i just want to ground this in an example let's say we just found out or we just saw that we're a just we're just a terrible person (laughs) we are just awful look at all this stuff going on in the mind all the judgments we have about ourselves about others all the guilt that comes with it and the desire to be different and the fear of being punished or the fear of, oh no, what's going to happen? Okay, wow, that's a lot, first of all. Right, so normally what do we try to do? I don't know, reflect upon that yourself. What do you try to do normally? Probably not love and accept it as it is. So what if we just radically accepted that we were a dick? Like, okay, you know what? I'm a dick. I'm a dick to people, I, there are these judgments, there's all this stuff, all these feelings of resentment, I want to push them off the bridge for cutting in line, and I blah 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 doob and do all this stuff, and punish, and all of these things, okay, and now what, well, could I love and accept that, could I accept it, first of all, let's just start with accept, could I just radically accept that as it is, 
however it seems or whatever it is, just could I just accept it? Could I just, yeah, oh, I could, I could, right, could, totally could accept this. Well, could I even, could I even love it as it is? Love it as it is, just for being the way it is, for no agenda, just love it for the sake of loving it. Now, what's easier than just loving something for the sake of loving it? That's all, it's like just loving it. Okay. If we look at a monkey in a zoo, when we know that the monkey is just being a monkey and it's hurling its feces at <laughs> at us <laughs> or at, at each other or they're doing monkey rage things, we don't hate the monkey for being a monkey, do we? I think most of us, we understand that, that is a monkey just being a monkey. Right, well, when when we do the same thing, we, oh, we're like, how atrocious, how terrible we are, this civilized person, and how could we have these thoughts? The thing is, we're still a monkey inside. We've still got that same monkey within us. So if we saw ourselves through the lens of this monkey, first of all, that would really take us off this pedestal. As human beings, we have certainly collectively, I think, put ourselves on a pedestal to say we are a certain way. Okay, yeah, we have the intellect, we can speak with these fancy words and stuff, but we've still got the mind of a monkey. And if we really saw that, we wouldn't be so guilty and ashamed of these behaviors which come from the animal kingdom because we would see that we're an animal. So we behave like an animal because that's what we have inside of us. But that doesn't mean we have to be run by it. In fact, when we resist it and deny this inner monkey, this inner animal that just wants to kill everyone that disagrees with it, um, when we deny and resist it, then, then it runs us. We energize it. We energize it. When we let it be there and we accept it and then even love it, we dissolve it. It dissolves. Rather rapidly it dissolves. The more we love it, the more it dissolves. No? It's like try being angry at the Dalai Lama. It's really hard. It's going to be really hard. Try be angry at Mother Teresa. There are people who, who find ways to do it. <laughs> Certainly, there are people who find ways to, to be angry. I mean, Gandhi was murdered. <laughs> so there are people who find ways to do it. But when actually in the presence of this love, when in the presence of it, not when thinking about it, but when in the presence of it, it's really hard. There's a scene from a movie uh, about Jesus. And what was his name? The dude who, the, the, the Roman dude who was in charge of Jerusalem at the Pietus, maybe that was his name. I think it was Pietus, something like that. Um, he was, there was this scene where he was like convicting, because the Jews asked him to convict the uh, G- Jesus to, to be crucified. But he was interrogating Jesus and he found nothing wrong. And you could see, like, they did this really good job of conveying his face. Because he was basically, I mean, face to face with an embodiment of total humility and love. <laughs> and so and he, you could see that he, like, he didn't want to. He didn't want to. And he, it was very hard to be angry at him. Very hard. Very hard. Certainly there were people who found ways but still very difficult. It's really difficult to to be angry at 
at love, at the embodiment of love. When someone's loving you, hugging you, it's really hard to be angry. It's like love just dissolves. It dissolves that which lacks love. Or it dissolves everything in itself. That's probably a better way to put it. Love dissolves everything in itself. So, you know, when your your puppy has just bit chewed open your couch, yes, there's an anger that arises, okay? Probably in most cases an anger initially arises, but probably in most cases also that anger is very quickly dissolved as you look at the puppy's face and it's just so cute. This is so cute. You're like, oh, okay, I forgive you. I forgive you. So we can be that to ourselves. We can just look at ourselves lovingly in that loving lens. Yeah, okay, yeah, we ripped open something. We did something. Okay, cool. We did something we shouldn't have done. Maybe, okay. But we can, if we look at ourselves through the eyes of love, then it's very easy to forgive ourselves. When we just see ourselves as we are, we naturally forgive ourselves. We naturally just love ourselves. When we see ourselves as we aren't, that's when <laughs> that's when all the judgments come up. That's when everything comes up. So how do we see ourselves as we are? That comes back to the gratitude for existence. So if we strip away everything, right? We've got all these ideas. We've got all these beliefs about ourselves. So let's strip it all away. Let's strip all of that away. Let's just drop all of it and say, I just don't know. We'll just say, okay, I don't know. Remember, like, I don't really know what's going on here. Yeah, sure, these are beliefs. Maybe I've held them for a long time. Maybe lots of people believe them as well. At the end of the day, I don't really know much. So let's just drop them. And instead, let's start, instead of starting with beliefs, instead of starting with all these things, all these ideas, all these concepts, let's start with the simple fact that right this moment, I know I exist. I exist at this moment. Whether I want to say, okay, there's people who say I'm a simulation hypothesis. You know, I was used to be a fan of the simulation hypothesis back in the day. But regardless of the theory or the idea, it doesn't matter because it doesn't take away from this simple fact that at this moment, there is a recognition I exist. However you want to explain it, whatever, whatever theory, whether you believe in whatever you believe in or whether you're agnostic whether it's god or whether you're atheist doesn't matter there's this simple fact at this moment i recognize that i exist so just stick with that stay with that instead of trying to explain all these other things and move away from this simple recognition that i that there's this that i exist just stay with that just stay with that because the more you just stay with that just that presence before everything, the more it will unfold and reveal itself to itself. So in doing, in, in giving attention, it's the currency at your disposal is attention. And instead of being interested in all these ideas and concepts and hypotheses about who's right or wrong, or what idea, or what's going to happen a thousand years from now, or what pol political thingy, or what's going on with corona, you can, sure, like, totally, you can put your attention there if you want to, but this podcast episode is about the gratitude of existence, 
Putting your attention in these areas away from simple existence will not lead to the gratitude of existence, will not lead to, will not likely lead to an overwhelming gratitude for just existing. If you would like to experience this overwhelming gratitude of existence for yourself, start to put your attention on the fact that you exist. And as the obstacles, as all the feelings come up that block this simple awareness, all the oscillations, then just also realize I can just notice this, accept and love it. Just notice, accept, love. Notice, accept, love. Wait, N-A, accept, love. Now, that's an analogy. Notice, accept, love. (laughs) If you want three steps, one, notice, two, accept, three, love. In reality, it's not really a step-by-step thing. It's just moment-by-moment awareness. Just being aware and letting, allowing and loving. Being that which is aware, being that which loves and accepts. That's really all that's necessary. And just giving attention to this, to this presence of existence, and just being with that, just stay with that, for as long as you'd like, and then, sooner or later, the gratitude will overwhelm you, (laughs) it will overwhelm, yeah, anyway, that's a really fun experiment that you're welcome to try out for yourselves okay thank you very much for listening bye